It's almost here. There's more practices coming for your Kansas City Chiefs. Who's going to stand out and who's going to make a difference? We're going to get all that information today from ChiefsDigest.com's editor-in-chief, Matt Derrick. We're going to talk to him right now on Locked on Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. The offseason's in full swing. Welcome back to this show on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for free on every platform, including YouTube. Like, sub, hit the bell. Go check out ChiefsDigest.com and get everything that you need there from Matt Derrick, who is our always special guest on Wednesday here today. I'm Ryan Tracy, founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting. Thank you for making us your first listen. Go check out another Lockdown show for more. And always go sub over to my new sub stack at NFL33.com. That's league-wide type stuff. A little bit different than what you're used to here, but definitely fun and informative. So, all that out of the way, and everybody's <laughs> now rushing to Chiefs Digest. Um, what are they going to find there, Matt? What is your what is your take of the day or the week, or what are you excited about right now? Well, obviously, you can catch up last week on you know what the kind of uh, wrap up was from the first couple of days of OTAs and what the my kind of impressions of the first practice that we got the the watch last week and everything. Um, I mean, in general, I mean, I think at this point you probably have heard. I mean, barring the holiday, about you know really what was the theme of last week, which for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, it was just spreading the ball around. Um, everything that we've talked about this offseason so far about how that if you're going to replace Tyreek Hill and you're going to make this offense better and you're going to adjust to the things you saw last year, you got to get everybody involved. And that's what Chiefs are doing right now. I mean, they've got a laundry list of receivers and options that they're going to go through. I mean, they've Brett Veach has definitely thrown numbers at the wide receiver group. Yeah. I think they got some pretty good numbers, as a matter of fact. I mean, I think they're going to have some tough choices down the road once they get to training camp and everything. Uh, but that's what it's about. It's about, you know, getting Mahomes new choices, new options, getting him onto the same page with those guys, getting those guys up to speed with the offense and teaching them their, their roles and seeing who clicks the best and, and who's going to earn Mahomes' trust that when they get into the regular season and it comes down to crunch time, that it's just not the ball going to Travis Kelsey, that it's going to be going to some other guys too. <laughs> Well, and earning Patrick's trust is key to getting targets, getting the, the ball moving. We're going to talk about how that happened so far this offseason later in the show, folks. Don't miss that. But I, I've been excited for what I've seen so far and heard about MVS. I like the concept for both him and Juju Smith-Schuster because they have experience outside of this offense. What happens when a, a new guy with veteran experience comes into this offense? Generally, they get asked to do something or get the opportunity to do something that they're not necessarily used to doing. I think that bodes well for both of those players. Do you? Yeah, it, it does. I mean, if there's there's one thing that Andy Reid's always going to try and push his receivers to do, and that's to play multiple roles and to be able to do everything on the field. Now, that's difficult to do in an Andy Reid offense in year one. Um, you've got to be an advanced receiver. You got to be somebody who can pick things up quickly. And yeah, MVS and Juju, I think, are experienced enough and, and high IQ receivers enough that they probably can do that. And they're going to be able to then be challenged to do maybe some things they haven't done in the past. And, you know, the question is going to be, you know, who else can do that? Um, if anything, I think that one thing is that, you know, McCole Hardman's been asked to do a lot of things in the past. And the one thing is, I think he's going to be asked to do less this year, but more what he's equipped to do, which could be a good thing for him. Uh, and now, I mean, some of the other guys, you know, go back and, and remember Tyreek Hill as a rookie. 
Tyreek Hill wasn't playing three different roles. He wasn't doing, you know, he wasn't moving around from position to position. It was getting him one spot where he could learn how to do. And that's what they're going to be asking of the young guys that are coming in is just to learn one thing and do that very well. So that's why, hey, if Justin Ross makes this team, probably not going to be an every down receiver. He's going to be a, you know, a situational player. And that's not a bad thing. That's just what you got to do in Andy Reid's offense. Man, that, that's how it works. And there's a lot of hype and a lot of interest in Justin Ross. And that is for a good reason. If you guys want to see a film breakdown, we have one over on RGR. Go check that out of his, his college antics. Um, there's a lot to like there. And I, I understand why everybody's excited about that. How that progresses is certainly going to change here in the next couple of weeks. And then clearly in uh, training camp. And besides the excitement about him, the other excitement that I'm a little surprised at is the fan base seems to be very fired up about Justin Watson. Uh, former Buck coming over, another guy with experience that gets to try something new. I, I generally I don't I generally feel that five and six are guys that have to contribute on special teams. And I think that he's got a little bit of background on that, but when I looked at snap counts, it's not that much. So it does look like it is about pass catching for him. Is this is this something that there's a true fight there for five and six? Or is it just a wide open field right now? Oh, I I think it's a, a wide open you know challenge across everything. I mean, if even if you go down and think about you know who are going to be the receivers that are going to make the practice squad in this team, I mean, you know, we talked about it last year and and uh, that there was some depth that maybe that there was a guy like a guy like Reese Fountain who was on the bubble of the roster that hey maybe if he doesn't you know fit in Kansas City maybe he's got a job elsewhere. You know, this time around, I mean, a guy like Fountain might have a really, really tougher, tougher job making this roster in this group. Um, there's going to be other guys that could probably play. I mean, Mahomes said it himself on Thursday. There's probably going to be some guys that don't make this team that could play, you know, the receiver groups around the league. And I, I think that's true. I mean, yeah, you don't have Tyreek Hill on this team, but I think the competition for four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's going to be tough. I mean, and, and I'm probably partially responsible for the Justin Watson thing because I I, w- I was really impressed with a couple of plays that he made at practice on Thursday and asked Mahomes specifically about that. And that got him talking to him about his speed and everything. And that's, you know, with the, the emphasis the Chiefs have gone out and gotten a lot of guys that are big like Juju and MVS and these kind of things. Remember, one bread and butter of the Chiefs offense has been speed. And Watson's been a guy that maybe he's the guy that's been buried on the back of the bench in Tampa. And maybe he just needs to come to a place where maybe speed's better appreciated and can be exploited better. Maybe Kansas City's the right fit for him to finally get it all to click. We'll see. But I think Watson's a great example, a guy who may not have been on a lot of people's radars, but I think shows the depth of that group. If you've got a guy like Watson who's getting reps with Mahomes early on, went down to Texas and impressed him. I mean, that's just adds to the depth of that group. I mean, they've got a lot of numbers there. Yeah. I was, I was trying not to point the finger at you. Um, <laughs> so I, took, I went ahead and took the blame completely. It was my fault. <laughs> but hey, when you, when you do it, you do it. Um, it's really interesting case for him. And, and I, like I said, I'm not going to rule anybody in or out of the five or six position. The first four I feel really confident about. We can go over that another day, but we got to get to some of the other guys and the other topics. Built Bar has granola bars built into all their flavors, chocolate covered the whole nine yards. You get all the protein, none of the sugar, everything that you want. Our pals Built Bar have gone a long way. The average bar is 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, four grams of sugar. That is a winning combination for you, and it helps you get everything done. Now they have this granola thing, and I'm 
I'm easy on dope bars. My kids steal them most of the time, but granola is only going to make it even worse. So I probably won't even get to taste those. But you guys need to, whether it's chocolate berry, chocolate, coconut, peanut butter, they're all there. All you got to do is go to built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off of your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at built.com. We are back here with Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com. When you're putting together a roster, you got to have a philosophy, and sometimes things don't work out. I don't think that Brett Veach meant to go into this phase of the offseason with the pass rushers that he has, but that's what he has. So adapting on the fly, trying to then strengthen the defense in another way to maybe make up for what you thought you might have, another veteran coming back in later in the offseason campaign, that kind of thing. The secondary becomes that much more pertinent and critical. And I feel much like the wide receivers that there's a good volume of players there that could make this roster. And just as we go through the second week, what are you looking to see from the secondary in particular to, to make you feel like that that's coming along and might be able to actually help the front? Yeah, and you know, it, it, that's the one uh, one other position other than quarterbacks and receivers that this time of year is designed for. I mean, now, say, hey, as your defensive back, you can't get your hands on guys. There's no bump and run and everything. So it's you're still a little bit limited in what you can do. But you can at least see if guys are in the neighborhood. You can see, you know, with returning players, if there's some progress there and there's some development. And, you know, and honestly, I've, I've seen that. I mean, you know, even in the, the limited work that we got to see in week one, I thought some guys like DiCaprio Boodle and DeAndre Baker, I think you could see a little progress there. Uh, mm. You know, certainly having an off season, you're starting fresh and maybe everybody's healthy. I mean, helps helps a little bit there. Um, but I put Zane Alexander in that category too. I mean, I think you got Zane Anderson, excuse me. Um, I think you got a couple of guys in the, you know, the young player group that's coming back that you're seeing some progress. And then the question is, how do the rookies, especially with all the rookies that the Chiefs have in the secondary, how do they fit in? And, you know, from what we've seen so far, I mean, it's very easy for me to pencil in, you know, McDuffie as a starter in day one. I mean, I think there's a role for him, um, whether it's as a full down starter on, you know, from week one on, whether he's a nickel type player. I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, he's going to be in that rotation. I think Cook's got a potential. I mean, he's definitely looks like a leader out there. He's been very, he was very vocal on Thursday when we got to see him. That's that's a sign that I really like to see in young guys that they're not afraid to speak their mind and let other players know. And you know, whether it's even give them encouragement or put them in the right place. I mean, Cook, you could see Cook doing that, and that's what is encouraging to me. You know, what we haven't gotten to see, though, is, you know, the the starting lineup. I mean, you know, Jerry Sneed wasn't on the practice field on Thursday or wasn't practicing on Thursday, at least in taking part in the team reps. Rashad Fenton's on the sideline right now. So all the young guys are getting some opportunities. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, Fenton and Sneed, you know what you've gotten them. They, they, the, the offseason, the OZ, these OTAs for them is really like about knocking off rust. To me, it's not a big deal about getting them out there and getting them reps because honestly, with the numbers of young guys that the Chiefs need, those young guys need the reps more than those guys do during OTAs. I, I agree. And I gotta I gotta ask you point blank because I seem to be the only person covering the Chiefs that is interested in another veteran who's getting looks now because Sneed and Fenton are absent. And my expectations for Lonnie Johnson are higher than I think most. And I I view him as an upgrade over the same kind of maneuver the Chiefs made for Mike Hughes last season, who didn't end up playing significant snaps and le- was able to lean on his experience. Uh, initially for you, like I'm looking for this to be a week forward for him to take more snap count to, to earn that. 
Uh, do you think that that's possible, or, or am I just completely putting too much into his his stock as I originally evaluated him? No, I don't. I don't think you're putting too much into him at all. I mean, the Chiefs wouldn't have made the move that they they made to go get him if they did not see him as a serious candidate for this roster and somebody who they felt like could definitely be one of those front rotation guys. Um, you know, whether or not he dis- were, you know, to move up ahead of a, a Rashawn Fitton, you know, and maybe he's got that opportunity because of Fitton's coming off the injury and everything, you know, when he gets back onto the field, hey, let's see what happens. Maybe there's an opening there for Lonnie Johnson to kind of push his way in. But I think that, you know, I think the one reason why that, maybe we're not taking Johnson's, you know, roster bit a little bit more seriously and just, you know, where he could fit into this rotation is that he was completely misused in Houston. You know, they jerked him around in so many different roles in so many different places, you know, plugging him at safety at times and, you know, and in and out of the lineup. Um, He never really got an opportunity to really show what, to do what he's best at and, and to just do that. And now the chiefs have committed to that. Hey, we're going to slim down his role. We're going to take some things off his plate. We're getting him doing the one thing that he's good at. And yeah, I mean, with what the Chiefs gave up, which was what, conditional seventh? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's no risk, no harm. And I think that's why a little bit of it is, you know, people are saying, hey, this was just a flyer that works out, it works out great. But I, I'm with you. I mean, I think the Chiefs are expecting more from Johnson. I think that they really hope that he sticks on this roster, that he becomes an integral player, that maybe he is in those, that top four rotation guy. And if that means that some of the younger players, you know, because they, they took three corners for a reason. Um, hey, if one of those guys or two of those guys are in the practice squad and just need more time to develop, that's not a bad thing, uh, especially that position. I mean, you know, getting some time to grow rather than just throwing them out there and forcing them to sink or swim and you're one. That's that's a much more encouraging development pipeline than the Chiefs have had for corners in the past. Yeah, I, I completely agree because I put him, I, and particularly Jalen Watson, in kind of the same type of role, the, the Bashad Breeland type role, the long, physical, probably susceptible over the top to deep speed, but that kind of role, like Sean Smith before him in this defense, it's been a recurring role, and as much as it might anger fans, <laughs> the sizable physical corner that maybe can't run with the best of them is still something that Steve Spagnuolo values. I see that as a great development path. If if Johnson can push Fenton, that's great. But if Jalen Watson can make the practice squad and come up with Johnson and with the rest of this crew, I think that bodes well for the Chiefs' future. Yeah, I think it does. And the, and the one thing that this you know cornerback group really needs is some experience. And that's why, to me, Johnson making this team is even more important. Um, because if he doesn't, I mean, really, your veteran leader of that group is Legereus Sneed. And I, I, yep. I love Sneed and everything. That's not a knock on Legereus. But he's a young player still. He's still kind of growing and maturing into this role, too. Um, Johnson's got a, maybe a little bit more experience from just even a playing stand time, time standpoint and, you know, even like a, maybe a big time playing time standpoint. So I mm-hmm. think that's important, you know, even if, if Sneed were just because I, I think that, you know, hey, Sneed's a great player. Is he a leadership of a group type of player? Just the thing that he's not is not a knock on him. Not everybody's like that. But if Johnson can bring some experience, you know, and be another guy that these young guys can look to, I mean, I, I think there's tremendous value in that because that's the one thing that this corner group is really missing is experience. Yeah, I think it's it's critical. And I, you gave me another idea. I want I do want to ask you one more thing specifically about Legereus Need and what this future looks like, as well as what the rest of the offseason is after we get back from this. I'm not ready to bet on it, but if you guys are, I know the place that you can go. It's called Bet Online and is the number one source for all your betting needs. 
whether it's these football props about who's going to have the biggest season this coming year, or whether it's hockey playoffs, basketball playoffs, the baseball season. Yes, there's still a baseball season, folks, just in case everybody forgot. But you can find all the info and all the stuff that you need over at Bet Online. It's super easy. Their mobile device will load their website as fast as you need it, and you can get in on the action. It's over at Bet Online where the game starts. So you sparked my brain there. And when you take a look at Legere's great first year, they asked him to take on a lot more, not just in terms of, of what I think are more difficult snaps into the nickel, but understanding and knowing both roles, being able to adapt, being able to align not just himself, but the guy that he's playing next to, depending on what side he's on. My big thing for Legere's this year is I don't want him to have to be that vocal leader. I don't want him to have to take that onto his plate because I think this is the year that he takes another big step forward. If he doesn't get overloaded, particularly mentally, in having to do multiple roles, multiple things, and then lead the group as well, am, am I not giving him enough credit? No, I think I think you're giving him appropriate credit, and you're just saying that from a player standpoint and from just being able to develop and mature and grow, you can't put the weight of the world on everybody's shoulders. I mean, that's where you've got to be able to to spread it out a little bit, and that you need that base of of you know, not only just experience, but just even, you know, numeric strength to be able to, not, to just not everything's on one guy. And, you know, the Chiefs have probably been in that spot a few times. And sometimes they've been in a spot where honestly, maybe there wasn't anybody. Um, the last couple of years, that corner group has continued to be so young that, you know, they were really still leaning on uh, guys like Tyron Matthew and Eric Berry to continue to be the leader of that the entire secondary and not just the safeties, but the corners too, and to be the guy that they look to. You know, it, it helps out if you get somebody in your position group that you can really lean on. And I think just having more voices in there, more guys with experience. And you're right with Legere, I think Legereus. I mean, last year, I think both for him, both on and off the field was tough. And it, it, there was a lot of things that he had to go through. And, you know, I think just taking his, some things off his plate and letting him be the guy that he is. I mean, Legereus is, you know, kind of a quieter guy. He's you know, and maybe a little, it reminds me a little bit of Traveris in that standpoint. Traveris was also kind of a, a little bit of a quieter guy. Doesn't have, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing with a corner. I mean, you know, we often talk about corners being divas and loud and over the top personalities. And they're not all like that. And, you know, sometimes just letting the guy go out and be himself is important. And if you surround, you know, Legereus with some other players that can buck him up and support him and not force the weight of the world to be on his shoulders, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, there's there's an old military term that my dad used to use all the time, and it it feeds into this concept that if you're comfortable in your position, things slow down. The game slows down for you. And if you're slow, then that means you can be smooth. And if you can be smooth, then you can be fast. And that's the progression. And that's what I think I'm really hoping for Ligarius need this year because he didn't get to go really make a big spectacle and do the the let's get everybody together kind of thing that they did on the offensive side of the ball. So for him, it is more about individualistic. But for Patrick Mahomes getting that group together, it's been a very different thing for him. And the trust that Andy Reid has shown in Patrick Mahomes and being able to organize these offseason workouts, I think that goes not just towards the maturation of Patrick Mahomes, but the recognition of Andy Reid that the pandemic, everything you have to start doing things a little bit different. You have to open up some more options. And I feel like this bodes really well for their offseason and their comfort level as well. And getting to that slow is smooth is fast kind of concept. Yeah, you know, and because I, I, I've joked about it before that, you know, Andy Reid, you can set a watch by him. 
because you know if his former coaches and associates will say, "Hey, they can look at a calendar and know exactly where Andy Reid is in any particular moment," because he's just that set in just routine and making sure that his team is doing the same thing and they know what to expect. But I also think that he doesn't get enough credit for adjusting to the the times, and because I think that if you look at his practices even now versus earlier in you know his Chiefs career, and certainly when you go back to Philly, it's continued to evolve. I mean, he does different things, and I think this offseason program, once again, I mean, it's something that if the rest of the league doesn't look to and and model and start stealing, I'll be stunned because this seems like it's really worked for the Chiefs. Um, but you, you, you get me going on another topic, which is kind of connected to this, which is, you know, the Chiefs this offseason has been relatively quiet. I mean, we haven't had a lot of controversy. Maybe there's been a few, but there's maybe been some distractions. You know, we got the the match with Mahomes on Wednesday. And, you know, and that's going to be catching up in the middle of OTAs. Okay. But, you know, to me, remember one, you know, Mahomes was in a boot this time last year and not doing a lot of things. And the fact that he's on the field for OTAs, even even whatever part of OTA he's out there for, and the fact that he's been out there, you know, in Texas the month before, that's a big deal that wasn't there last year. And two, you know, last offseason, I was really struck by the Chiefs by how much the players, you know, took a, a message from Andy Reid, which was get away, power down. You know, this that had been two really long seasons for the Chiefs. And, you know, not just with the postseasons, but with the pandemic too, and making deep runs and in, in two pandemic years. I mean, that was took a lot of toll. And and last year, Reed really told his guys to get away. And I I talked to more players who, you know, talked about the fact that yeah, they went and they did their own things. Tyree Kill, you know, was very honest with me and just saying, you know what, I didn't work as much this offseason as I have in past years because I just needed to get away. And there were a lot of players who said that exact same thing. This offseason has been different. I mean, it, it seems like it really has been because this team has been more connected than I think that they were last year. But I, and once again, I mean, I think that's just the reality of the situation. Andy Reid's taken the reins off a little bit from them. But at the same time, I think it's allowed these guys to kind of get into the team and get into what their the football work easier and better than they have in the past. You know, it wasn't just a, hey, we're going to ring the bell in, in April for an offseason program where we're going to ring the bell for OTAs and everybody's going to show up and start working. Everybody kind of got going a little bit earlier, I think, than they normally do. And even if it's in their own way, that's not a problem. It's different. But I think this team did better work this offseason than they did last year. Man, I, I hope that it pays off that way and the camaraderie comes along and the chemistry comes along at that diminished pace. I think that allows for more of that. So I'm excited to see it. Let's see what happens this week. We'll get back with you after we see a little bit more and you have more takeaways. Folks, ChiefsDigest.com is where you want to go for all Matt's work. Make sure you like, sub, and hit the bell here on YouTube for us. Matt, thanks for taking the time and filling us in. Always a pleasure, Ryan. Take care, everybody. Everyone have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.